that the child. It's not your mistakes that determine your destiny. It's God. It's not your enemies that determine your destiny. It's God. It's not your past that determines your destiny. It's God. It's not your abilities that determine your destiny. It's God. There is nothing that comes your way that you can put up as an excuse, as a reason, and say, these are the reasons why I might not be a child of destiny. No. The only weapon of the enemy is to, to, to make sure that you don't realize, to deceive your mind, to think that for some reason you are not a child of destiny. And you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to say to you today, you are a child of destiny. If you're a believer in Jesus, come on, say that loud. Say, I am a child of destiny. Look at the person sitting next to you and say, tell them, you are a child of destiny. That's who they are. They are children of destiny because God has called us to be children of destiny. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 26, Isaac was one of those people. The Bible says that God spoke to Isaac and said, through your offspring will all the nations of the world be blessed. Now, in the book of Galatians, which is another book in the New Testament, Paul picks up, Paul, one of the writers of the New Testament, picks up on that verse and says, do you notice that when the, then the promise came to Abraham and the promise came to Isaac, it did not say offsprings in plural. It said offspring. Through your offspring shall all the nations of the world be blessed. And it, Paul says the word offspring there was in reference to Christ, that Christ was the offspring that would eventually come and bless the nations of the world. And today we know that that offspring has been born. His name was Jesus. We're going into a time of Christmas where people all over the world remember that Jesus was born. That offspring, that person that blesses the nations has been born. He grew up, he was crucified, he died, he was buried and he's risen again. And now today, any man, woman, boy or girl, if you have the, the, the faith in your heart to put your trust in Jesus, you too can become a child of destiny. Now, that's great, knowing that we're children of destiny, that God determines our destiny. It's not our past. It's not our present. It's not our ability. It's not our enemies. It's not whether people like us or dislike us, whether people approve of us, not approve of us. And that's one of the reasons I love the fact that I'm not in politics. And uh, it's not because I'm against politics. I engage with politics. I mentor politicians. Politicians are my friends. It's great. And it's great. But I don't think I could ever be in a place where I'm always wondering what people think about me and whether they'll vote for me because I believe that children of destiny have to live with a mindset that whether people like us, approve of us or not approve of us, your future is blessed because it's in the hand of God and it's God that determines your destiny. It's not whether people like you or dislike you, where you have abilities or disabilities, whether you make mistakes or not. God is a good God and we are all children of destiny. Isaac was a child of destiny. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 26 verse 1 that Isaac encountered a famine. Isaac encountered a famine. What do you do when you are a child of destiny, called by God, chosen by God, selected by God? You know you are God's and God is yours. You know he loves you. But the Bible says Isaac entered a time of famine. And sometimes we can be children of destiny and go through times where we meet 
a famine. It can be a financial famine. It can be a relational famine. It can be a famine in your health, your mental health, your emotional health. It can be a famine in your relationship. Many times, people who are children of destiny will have to overcome certain things in life in order to see the fulfillment of that destiny. The good news is God's desire is not for you to fail in the famine, but to flourish in the famine. God's desire is not for you to die in the famine, but to thrive in the famine. God's desire is not for the famine to keep you stuck and stagnant. The will of God is that through every famine, you will go through it and not be stuck in it. Isaac faced a famine and the Bible says God blessed him in the famine and in the same famine, he reaped a hundredfold. There are two kinds of believers in Jesus Christ. And I have noticed this all over my life and all over my life in the ministry. There are two kinds of believers in Jesus Christ. If you meet them, they're either going to talk about their identity or they're going to talk about the famine. Isaac was a child of destiny. He was going through the famine. And so there are people that you meet and you go, how is it going? And say, well, it's tough. There's a famine, but I'm a child of God. I'm trusting God. Something good is going to happen. It's been difficult. I've been crying this week, but God's been com my comfort. It's been so hard lately, but I'm pressing on. It's been so hard lately, but God is going to do something. That's a child of destiny where their focus is not on so much the famine, but the focus is on the fact that they're trusting God in the middle of the difficulty. Or you can meet people and say, well, Look at the world we're living in. Look at the world we're living in. Have you heard the news lately? I can't believe the way this world is going. And they're just people who, who just want to recite everything they hear on the news. There's no hope there. There's no faith there. There's just messengers of doom and gloom. And everything is broken. Everything is breaking. Even if it's not breaking, it looks like it's breaking. So even if something is not breaking, they want it to break because then they can report on the bad news that it's about to break. And they want to always meet with people who always share in the sentiment that our government is bad, our world is bad, the politicians are bad, the moral are bad. Everything is bad. We have a moral famine. We have a spiritual famine. We have a financial famine. Everything is in famine. Here's the thing. None of that is wrong. All of that is true and all of that is the reality. But a child of destiny is not focused on magnifying the famine. A child of destiny is focused on the God who has called them to flourish in the famine. You are a child of destiny. And the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if I want to know what your heart is full of, I just have to listen to your words. And if your words are full about the description of the magnificent famine we've been going through, then your heart's focus has been on the famine. But Isaac was a child of destiny, and even in the famine, he began to flourish. I want to read another verse from the Bible. So you either have people who are, are focused on the God in the famine, but, but or you have people who are focused on the famine, and then you have another kind of people. These are the kind, they're not really people who are full of faith. They're people who are faking faith. Let, let me explain this to you. If we can pull up that verse I gave you in the book of Romans, or uh, the... Romans chapter 4, verse 19, the Bible says, Abraham did not weaken in faith when he considered his own, his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. 
He considered his own body. I don't know if the media team are able to switch that to the NIV, if you're able to, because I love that phrase that's used about the same verse. He considered the body. Look at what it says in the NIV. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Can I tell you, being a man of faith or a woman of faith is not running away from facts. You've got to face the fact. And so there's another kind of people, people who are focused on God in the famine, or people who magnify the famine, and then you've got people who deny the famine. There's no famine. What famine? I'm good. No, but you've been crying this week. No, 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 I haven't. I'm good. You, how's, how's the famine going? Don't say there's a famine. Don't confess that, because if you confess that, the famine is going to come. Re You're already in a famine. Face the facts. If you're sick, face the fact that you're sick. The Bible says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was dead. Some of us just need to face the fact that we're ill. Some of us need to face the fact that we're going through relational trouble. Some of us need to face the fact that we're growing older. Some of us need to face the fact that we're in debt. Because being a man of faith or a woman of faith is not running away from the facts that stare at you. So you can't be a person that denies the fact. You can't be a person that magnifies the famine. You've got to be a person that knows that you are a child of destiny. Isn't it good that today God is giving us the grace to face some facts in our lives? Some of us have been running for too long, burying our head in the sand like an ostrich and hoping that the issue is, not, is going to go away. Listen, running from the fact has never changed the fact. It is the fact that his body was as good as dead. The Bible says Abraham faced facts. He was a man of faith, but he faced facts. Oh, don't say there's COVID. There's no COVID. There is COVID. Face it. Don't, don't, say, oh, don't, don't say that. Don't mention that. We're children of God. We, we, we're not supposed to mention the bad news. Mention the bad news. It's fine. It's not going to affect your faith. Do you know that light is never afraid of darkness? Light is never afraid of darkness. Well, the moment you switch lights on, darkness begins to check out. So if you're here and you're worried about every demon under every rock, you're worried about every spell that anyone may have cast on you, you're worried about what your fathers and your ancestors may have done to you, listen, it can be as horrible as you want, but look at those facts straight in the eye and say, I can face the facts because I'm a child of destiny, I'm a man of faith, I'm a woman of faith, and we don't run from, from facts. Light is never afraid of darkness. Abraham faced the fact. So when you are a child of destiny, these are some of the things that you will have to go through. Number one, you will have to face famines. You will have to face famines. And whatever is my famine is going to be different from your famine. Whatever my famine is will look different to your famine. How I go through my famine will look different to how you go through your famine. We're not people who deny that famines exist. We're just not people who magnify the famines that come our way. We're not people who run away from the fact that there are famines. But we are people who renew our mind to understand that God is a good God. We are children of destiny. And even when we face famine... The plan of God is for us to thrive in the famine, to flourish in the famine, to go through the famine. This famine is not meant to kill us or take us out. This famine is meant for us to be flourishing in it. And I don't know who you are, but there are some people who are listening to me today, and you are right in the middle of a famine. God is giving you the grace to look at that famine straight in the eye. Come on, face that famine right now. Look at that famine straight in the eye and say, I'm not running from you another day of my life. I'm going to face you. I'm a child of destiny. I have faith in my heart, and the will of God is not for him to take me out of this famine, but 
I will flourish, I will thrive, I will grow. If you are a child of destiny here today and you are facing a famine and you know that your God is good in the famine, come on, clap your hands and give him glory because you are coming through the other side. It is the will of God for you to flourish in the famine. Children of destiny have to face famines. It's, 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 it's the reality of life. We don't run away from it. We face it. We don't deny it. We don't magnify it. But we face famine. God comes to Isaac and says, hey, I know what you're thinking. You think you want to leave and go to Egypt. Because the Bible says in verse 1 and 2 that when the famine came up, Isaac thought, well, there's famine here. And so what I want to do is I want to, I want to leave. And, and that's not him being unrealistic. He has a family. He has, he, has, he has to cater for. He has a business to run because he was a farmer and he had, you know, he had salaries to pay and he had his employees to look after. And that's a reasonable thing to do when you face a famine and say, right, well, if there's a famine here, let me try and find a place where there isn't a famine. And that's okay to find. But God comes to him and says, Isaac, I don't want you to leave I want you to stay. I want you to stay in the famine and I want you to start sowing in the famine. And when you're children of destiny and you're going through famine, this is the next, right? Number two, you have to receive revelation. You have to receive revelation. It's good to know what your mind thinks and you can come up with good ideas, but you have to have a God perspective of what your famine is. And that was a good idea. When you go through famine, you think, well, well let me check out. Let me go to Egypt. That'll be good good thing for me to do. That sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a good business proposition. But God comes to him and speaks to him and says, I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay and sow. And so children of destiny, when they face famine, the good news is that God has a word for you in your famine. God has a word for you in your famine. And I want to say to you today, today the will of God for your life is to hear God clearly concerning your famine. Now, you can't hear God clearly if you don't face it. You can't hear God clearly if you magnify it. <laughs> you can only hear God clearly if you face it and then allow God to speak into your own life. I wonder what it is that God wants to speak to you about your famine. For a moment of concentration and privacy, can we just close our eyes? You talk to the Holy Spirit. Say, God, speak to me. Speak to me. Father, we pray today you will speak to us in our famine. You will give us the revelation that's needed for this moment. Father, we thank you that it is your will for us to flourish in the famine. And we ask right now, Lord, as we face it, that you will give us the grace to hear you clearly. For every person that's feeling like they haven't got a way out. I pray today you will speak with clarity. Give us your perspective. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. You know, Pastor Bill Johnson from Bethel Church said this, any area of your life for which you have fear is under the influence of a lie. Any area for which you have fear is under the influence of a lie. Any area for which you don't have hope is under the influence of a lie. And sometimes when we go through famines, we can be in a place where you say, you know what? I, I can't see a way out. I, I can't see a solution. I, I don't know what the next steps are. Where, where do we go from here? I'm afraid. I believe there are people here today and you can't see a way out. It's, this was not even in, in my flow of thought or in my notes, but I just felt the Holy Spirit wanting to just pause and minister to some people. If you're here today, come on for a moment of concentration privacy. Let's just close our eyes. You don't have to if you don't want to. If you're here today and say, you know what? I have, I've struggled with hopelessness. I can't see a way out. I, um, I've been stuck in the famine for a while. I know God is good, but some, something in me has made me believe that this is permanent. Something in me has made me believe that this is the way it's going to be. Some, something in me has made me believe that it's going to take me out. And I don't have faith and I, I don't have hope. Today, God wants to undo those lies unto the deception of the enemy that's made you believe that. If you're here today and you're saying, I, I feel hopeless, I, I feel fearful, I feel afraid. I want to take a moment to pray. Father, for every person here that is hoping against hope, for every person that feels hopeless, for every person that feels afraid, I ask you in Jesus' name, open our eyes to see you, that you have a plan and you have a purpose for us to flourish in the famine. Speak hope, Lord. Speak life. Speak faith. Remind us again that this is not the end, that this is only temporary and it is passing through and that we will come through the other side. Father, I give you praise. I give you praise for faith rising again. I give you praise for hope rising again. In Jesus' name, amen. God comes to Isaac and says, stay and I want you to sow in the land. So that's number two. Number two, children of destiny. Number, number one, children of destiny have to face their famine. Number two, children of destiny receive the revelation in the famine. Number three, you need to know the difference between the seed to sow and the seed to eat. What do I mean by that? The Bible says, Isaac sowed in a time of famine. In other words, he was not going hungry. He had food to eat himself. But he took some of the seed, some of the grain, and began to sow it. In a famine, you need to have the wisdom to know what is it that you're going to invest. Because many people who go through a famine don't think actually about investing. And many times when I've gone through famine and I've asked God and said, God, what is it that you want me to do? Often he has told me, go encourage somebody. Go pray for someone. Go bring an offering. And that's the last thing you want to do because you're focused on yourself. You're focused on the now. You're focused on the famine. You're focused on the fact that this is not fair. You're focused on, you know, when you go through a famine, you become so insular. You become so intrinsic. It's about you and your family and your future. And, and, and that can just get your mind crowded. 
And I believe that one of the ways God leads us out of the famine is to give us a vision bigger than the famine. Because God says to Isaac, go and sow in the land. And he sows in a time of famine. Why? Because anytime a farmer sows, he is looking forward to a harvest. Anytime a farmer sows, his mind is now focused on what's going to happen in a year time, or two years time, or three years time, because there's something about giving, there's something about encouraging, there is something about bringing an offering, there's something about praying for somebody else, there's something about serving in church where you're not doing it for yourself or your home or your family and your famine, you're actually doing something that's helping you take your eyes off yourself and put your eyes on the bigger picture. And can I say to you, sometimes the enemy, when you're in a famine, the enemy will come and reduce your entire worldview to such a small picture. What's going to happen this week? What's going to happen to my life now? What's going to happen to my life over Christmas? And some of you are perhaps facing Christmas and you're thinking, man, we don't have enough money. We don't even know how we're going to get through Christmas. We don't have enough food. We don't have enough money to buy presents. I don't know how we're going to face this, but this is, this is my reality. I want to encourage you, if you are a child of destiny, invest in something bigger than yourself. Focus on something that's larger than yourself. That's one of the reasons I love serving the local church. And that's one of the reasons I love watching people serve the local church. Whether you are here and you are serving on a, on a rota or a music rota, worship rota, media, production, hosting, hospitality, welcome, kids, youth, crash. I think we've got about 17 rotas here. In case you are interested, go on to our website. There is a section there called Make a Difference. Sign up. There'll be teams that'll be in touch with you that will help you to serve in a way that's something that is bigger than just yourself. And Isaac was a child of destiny and he was in a time of famine. And the one thing that he did, he did something that made him focus not just on the famine, but he made him expectant about the future. Children of destiny live in such a way that they live for a cause that's bigger than themselves. The church of Jesus Christ is bigger than you. The church of Jesus Christ is bigger than your needs, your family's needs, your business needs, and what you're doing right now. And can I encourage you, every time you serve somebody, every time you love somebody, every time you pray for somebody, every time you bring an offering, every time you tithe, every time you care for someone, every time you do something that's larger than yourself, the one area that's being touched that you cannot see is that your mind is being touched because you're being connected to something that's larger than yourself and children of destiny connect their mind to the future and not just get stuck in the present and I want to encourage some of you that have been going through such a mental fog you've been going through such emotional fog you've been stuck mentally you've been stuck spiritually you've been stuck emotionally you can't see your way out it's very foggy you don't have clarity about the future but the God of the Bible says there is a hope, there is a future, there is a tomorrow. This is not the end of your story. He knows the end from the beginning and he did not start to make you leave halfway. He hasn't brought you thus far to leave you. This famine will not kill you. It will not take you out. Look up, lift up your head. See the God of the universe that is in charge of summer. He's in charge of winter. He's in charge of your autumn and he's in charge of your spring. And even though you may be in famine right now. Today God gives you the ability to change your mind, to focus on a better day because the plans of God are not for evil. They are for good and they are for your future in the name of Jesus. They are for your future. 
God comes to a group of prisoners of war in the book of Jeremiah. These people have been captured from their hometown and they are now serving a foreign government in conditions that are not really good. You know how our prisoners of war have been treated back in the day. We're not talking about human rights that we have today. These were prisoners of war going through extremely, extremely difficult times. God comes to them in the book of Jeremiah and says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Can you imagine listening to those words as a prisoner of war and saying, that's good for you to say, look at my situation. I've lost my home. I've lost my wife. I've lost my land. I've lost my career. I've lost my community. Here I am in a prison cell living as a refugee in another country. And God comes to them. I know I have the plans I have for you. I know the plans for you out for good and not for evil. The plans for you are to give you a hope and a future. And I want to say to you, if you are a child of God, you are not called to magnify the famine. You're not called to magnify the prison. You're not called to magnify your enemies. You're not called to magnify your pain. All of that is reality and we face the facts. But God speaks to somebody today and says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for evil. They are plans to give you a hope and a future. You will not die. You will not perish. You will not give up. You will not quit. This famine will not take you out. There is hope for the future. There's hope for the future. There's hope for the future. There is hope for the future. Children of destiny are focused on the hope for the future. If you are here today and your famine is incredible, the devil has tried to tell you that the famine will take you out. It will kill you. It will crumble you. It will cripple you. It will stagnate you and there's no way out. And the demons have been laughing in your face saying, ha ha, you trusted God. Look at you now. You trusted God. Look at your family now. You trusted God. Look at your health now. I wonder whether we can make hell mad this morning by giving God a clap offering and giving him praise shall the devil tell the devil tell the devil this is my God tell the devil there is a hope tell the devil there is a future tell the devil the famine will not kill me the famine will not take me out the famine will not crumble me the famine will not stop me we're going through it we're going through it we will flourish in it we will grow in it and we will survive in it in the name of Jesus we praise you for breakthrough we praise we praise you for striving. We praise you for surviving. We praise you that you're taking us through. In the name of Jesus. Praise is powerful. Praise is powerful. Praise is powerful. I said praise is powerful. And that's why in Genesis 26, the Bible says, when Isaac discovered these wells, and when Isaac discovered these wells, because he started to, 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 to sow seed and they would grow, he started to dig a well because you need irrigation for farming. Every time he would dig a well, the Philistines would come and close it. And I'll tell you that in a moment. But the Bible says, when he realized that God was with him, the Bible says he built an altar to the Lord. You know what an altar is? An altar is a place where you sacrifice something. An altar is a place where you sacrifice something. And sometimes, you know what? Praise is a sacrifice. The Bible calls us to bring to Him a sacrifice of praise. You know why it's called a sacrifice of praise? Because sometimes you don't feel like doing it. 
Sometimes you don't feel like giving it. They think, what's the point of praising? I don't feel like doing it. That's why it's called a sacrifice of praise. He built an altar to the Lord. A sacrifice is a place where you bring an offering. A sacrifice is a place where you bring something to God to thank Him in advance for what God is about to do. And I believe that today your praise is a precursor to your breakthrough. Come on one more time. If you know that God is going to bring you through this famine, praise Him in advance. Praise Him in credit. Tell Him that He is going to be by your side. Tell Him that you are going to make it. Come on, activate your faith right now. Build an altar. Build an altar. Bring to Him a sacrifice of praise. Lord, we praise You. 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 Lord, we praise praise you we praise you we praise you the Bible says after the child of destiny decided he's gonna face it he's gonna receive revelation for it he's gonna praise God through it and every time he tried the Bible says something came to block him because he was sowing seed, you see. And when a farmer sows seed, a farmer needs water for the seed to grow. So he'd dig a well. And the Philistines would come and put mud in it. That's what Genesis 26 says. And then he'd move away and he'd dig another well. They'd come and put mud in it. He'd dig another well and people would come and quarrel over it and said, this well is mine. So he'd go and dig another well and they'd quarrel over it. And the Bible says he kept digging until he got to a place where there was nobody to quarrel over his well anymore. He got to a place where there was no more people putting mud in his, in his, in his wells. He got to a place, let's read that verse 17, Genesis 26 verse 17. Or verse 18, Genesis 26 verse 18. And Isaac dug again. Everybody say again. Come on, let's all say again. Isaac dug again the wells of the water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names of his father that his father had given them. So he had to dig it with his dad. Now he's digging it again. But when the Isaac's servants dug the valley and found the well of spring, the herdsmen of Gerah quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen saying, this water is ours. So he called the name of the well Ezek because they contended with him. So he had to dig again. Everybody say again. Verse 25. From there he went to, from there he went to Beersheba and the Lord appeared to him. Can, can we go back to verse, we're reading 17, 18. Can we go to 19? But Isaac's well dug and the, the, they quarreled over him saying this water is ours. They called the name of the well Ezek because they contended with him. Verse 21. They dug another well. Everybody say another. Say again. Another well. And they quarreled over that one also. So he called his name Sidna. And he moved from there and dug another well. And they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth saying, from now, the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. You may be a child of destiny here today and every time you've tried, something may have come against you. Most business people, most successful business people I've spoken to tell me stories of how there's something in them that wants to go again. 
that wants to have the, the again spirit. You, you dig a well and people throw mud in it, I'm going to dig again. You dig another well and people throw mud in it, I'm going to dig again. You dig another well and people quarrel for it, I'm going to dig again. You dig another well and people come and say, no, that's ours. I'm going to dig again. Isaac kept digging until he got to a place. Can we have that verse that we just had up on screen? He dug until he said, verse 22, the previous verse, from now on the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. If you're a child of destiny, can I encourage you? God has given you the grace to go again. If you're a child of destiny, can I encourage you? God has given you the ability to trust again. Last time you trusted, it was painful. Last time you tried, it was painful. Last time you have it, gave it a go, it wasn't comfortable. Last time you tried, there was mud in it. Last time you tried, people quarreled over it. And there are children of destiny right now sitting here and you are tired of trying. You're tired of digging again. You're tired of going again. You're tired of praying again. You're tired of trusting again. You're tired of risking again. You're tired of doing yet another thing. But the Bible says that Isaac kept digging until he came to a place that he named Rehoboth. Everybody say Rehoboth. Rehoboth means a spacious place. And he said, from now on, the Lord has made room for us because we will be fruitful in the land. Hey, today God is giving you grace to trust again, to try again, to pray again, to dig again, to have a go again, to take a risk again, to love again, to befriend again, to be creative again, to, to dig up those old wells again. The Bible says Isaac dug up the wells of his dad again. The reason again is because he was involved with his dad digging those wells in the first place. Now, children of destiny right now, and you are here today and you are tired, you are exhausted. You don't have energy to try again. You don't have energy to dig again. You don't have energy to go again. You don't have energy to keep trying again. But today God wants to give you the grace to go again. Hey, what if this time when you dig, it's your Rehoboth? Well, what if this time when you dig, it's your spacious place? What if this time when you dig, it's the place where there's no more mud and there's no more quarrels? What if this time you dig, it's the one that's going to survive and sustain you for the rest of your life? Can I encourage you, dig again, trust again, give again, hope again, try again, forgive again forgive again yes some of you need to forgive again some of you need to trust God again some of you need to battle guilt again some of you need to battle shame again some of you need to battle insecurity again some of you need to battle debt again but children of destiny have the courage and the capacity the ability and the fortitude to go again to trust again to dig again hands up if you're up for doing it again Hands up if you're not going to let the enemy win. Hands up if you're tired of the Philistines digging it and saying, come on, quit. Give up, give up, give up, give up, give up, give up. You've tried this before. You've tried this before. You've tried this before. You've tried this before. 
Father, you see every hand that is lifted up today. And Lord, these hands are saying, we'll go again, we'll trust again, we'll build again, we'll give again, we'll love again, we'll forgive again. We will battle guilt again, we'll battle depression again, we'll battle anxiety again. We are the again people. We are the another well people. We are the people who will not back down, who will not quit, who will not give up. And no matter how many obstacles come our way again and again and again, we say today, we are children of destiny. We are children of the promise. We are children of the future. And there is something about us that will not give up. We will not quit. We will not back down. We are tired. We are exhausted. We are weak. We are wounded, but we will not give up. Tired, but we will not give up. Wounded, but we will not give up. Trying hard, but we will not give up. Being laughed at, but we will not give up. Humiliated, but we will not give up. Laughed at by the enemy, but we will not give up. Laughed at by our family, but we will not give up. Opposed by our family, but we will not give up. We'll be in a place where we think, what's the point of this? But we will not give up. In a place where there's more water, more mud in our well, but we will not give up. In a place where people come and spoil our dreams, but we will not give up. Rejected by men, but we will not give up. Rejected by women, but we will not give up. Abused by men, but we will not give up. Abused by women, but we will not give up. Where our dreams are broken, but we will not give up. Where we are in debt again, but we will not give up. We are battling depression again, but we will not give up. We are battling guilt again, but we will not give up. We are battling anxiety again, but we will not give up. We will not give up. We won't give up. We won't give up. We won't give up because we're children of destiny. We're children of destiny. We're children of destiny. He brought them to Rehoboth, a spacious place, and said, from now on, the Lord has made room for us. I don't know who this word is for, but God wants to say to someone here, from now on, God is bringing you into a spacious place. In fact, you know it. There is something bubbling in you. There's something brewing in you. you. You got up out of bed this morning and lately when you're getting up, the troubles are still there. The famine is still there. The people who oppose you are still there. The guilt, the depression, the anxiety, they're all still there. But at the same time, there's also an excitement in you that says God is up to something. Something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. Something is about to happen in your life. Something is about to happen in your family. Something is about to happen in your home. Something is about to happen in your mind you know that in spite of the famine in spite of the tears in spite of the sleepless nights in spite of the pain and the suffering you know there is something brewing and bubbling in your heart saying God is up to something something is about to happen you know it's there and that's because you are closer to your Rehoboth than you think you are closer to your spacious place than you think you are closer to your prosperity than you think you're closer to your healing than you think you're closer to your breakthrough than you think come on build an altar of praise in this house today. Tell Jesus that you believe him. Tell him that you trust him because you are closer than you ever imagined. You are closer to the breakthrough than you can imagine. You're closer to the well than you can ever imagine. You're closer. You're closer. A spacious place. A spacious place. A space where the enemy will leave you alone. A space where you will defeat depression. A space where you will overcome your mental health challenges. A space where you will overcome guilt. A place where you overcome shame. You are closer than you think. You're closer than you think. Ha. The devil comes to some of you and says, look, if you're a child of God, why are you battling this again? If you're a child of God, how come you're in the same place again? If you're a child of God, how come you're digging the same well again? 
If you're a child of God, how come it's been 10 years and you're facing the same problem again? Just because you're facing the same problem again. It has not diminished your identity. It has not diminished the fact that you are a child of God. It has not diminished the fact that you are a child of, of destiny. And every time you say, man, why am I in this place again? Let me remind you, when you're in that place again, it's not a sign that you're not a child of God. It just means that you are one step away from where you used to be and you're one step closer to your spacious place, your place of Rehoboth, where there is wide open spaces, room for you to flourish in the land. I rebuke guilt and condemnation that comes your way that says you're in that same place again. How come? If you're a child of God, why are you in that same place again? No, God's desire and will for your life is to, is to, to walk one step closer to your spacious place. Come on, look at the person sitting next to you and say, I'm one step closer to my spacious place. Come on, tell them. Say, you're one step closer to your Rehoboth. You're one step closer to the place where there is no more drama. There is no more striving. But it is a place of flourishing. It is a place of glory. It's a place where the enemy stops activity. Today, for a moment of concentration and privacy, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray over every child of destiny in this house. If you're here today and something in you says, I'm a child of destiny, I believe that. <laughs> I've got famines. I've got quarrels. I've got mud in my well. I've got things that are against me and things that oppose me. But I'm going to believe God's will for me is to flourish. If you're a child of destiny, and you know today is going to be one step closer to your Rehoboth, one step closer to your spacious place. Something in you says, I don't know, I'm depressed, but I also feel excited. I'm, I'm crying, but I also feel a, a joy. I, I, I feel pain, but I also feel that God's up to something. I don't know what it is, but something is about to happen in my life. I don't know what it is, but there is a hope. There is a future. There is a, there is a destiny. I can't quite see it. I can't make head or tail out of it. I, I don't know, but God is up to something. If you're here today and you're a child of destiny, I want you to stand because I'm going to pray. And we're going to believe that God will release you to flourish in your famine. Flourish in your famine. To flourish in your famine. To flourish in your famine. Not to die in your famine. Not to be stuck in your famine. But to flourish in your famine. If you're a child of destiny and you say, no, I'm not going to give up. I came here today and I was so close to giving up, but I'm not going to give up. Stand. We're going to pray for you. If you're a child of destiny and you came here today and saying, Lord, I want a fresh revelation of who you are and what you're doing in my world, stand. We're going to pray for you. Father, you see in Jesus' name every person that is responding to your word. And we ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you by the power of your might and by the power of your spirit will cause your hand to turn favorably in our famine. Lord, we are children of destiny. We're children of destiny. And we pray that you will help us to sow in famine, to face it, and to go again, to try again. 
and we choose to build an altar of praise for what you're about to do. If you're here with a family member, can I ask you to just maybe hold their hand or lay your hands on them or put your arm around a shoulder? If you're here by yourself and you want to join someone, just grab hold of someone's hand. I know we are in COVID time, and if you prefer not to do that, that's absolutely fine. God hears you. And in just simple faith, if you're able to, in your own words, we heard how Isaac sowed in the land. That means he put his eyes on something other than his current situation. If you're here by yourself, I want you to start thinking of somebody other than you and start praying for them. Come on. If you're a family member, pray for the person you're with. In your own words. So you're not praying for your family. You're praying for somebody else. You're encouraging somebody else. You're, you're trusting God for somebody else. Come on, let's be people who sow in our family. Where we have a, a spirit of sowing and giving, even in family devil says, oh, you're discouraged yourself. How can you pray for encouragement? That's exactly the point. Our discouragement does not define us. You are a child of God. The devil says, you're sick. How can you pray for somebody who is sick? <laughs> In fact, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> if you're here today and you know what your famine is, and you know another person who is facing the same famine, pray for them. You know you're sick, pray for somebody else who's sick. You know you're in trouble with your own family, pray for somebody who might be facing that very thing. Father, in Jesus' name, we bring our famines to you. We bring our lives to you. We thank you that you are leading us to a spacious place a place where we won't have to dig again, strive again, fight again. There's more drama again. We bring every exhaustion in this building to you. Lord, we're tired of fighting. We're tired of trying again. But we thank you that you're about to do something in our lives. So we reverse every financial famine we reverse every emotional famine. We reverse every mental famine. We reverse every financial famine. We reverse every relational famine. We, release, we, we re reverse any famine of the health. From now on, we will prosper in the land. From now on, we will flourish in the land. From now on, the Lord has made room for us to flourish. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on one more time. Let's give Jesus praise. He is worthy of our praise. No one like Jesus. There's no one like Jesus. There's no one like Jesus. There's no one like Jesus. God bless you. Thank you all for being here. If you've got children upstairs, please.
collect them this crush beacon kids as well look out for the newsletter make sure all the dates of the christmas diary are in your diary god bless